Hi guys, welcome back to another edition of Gold Vizen. It's been absolutely been a while that we've been back and trying to talk about our national team, Iran. It's always a pleasure to have regular panelists, Pejman Parsons, Sinai, Saimian here. Uh, how you both doing? It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been too long, Pasha. It's great to speak to you guys again. Uh, nice, nice to have the pod back again. Hi, Pasha. Um, and today we have a special guest, our Czech friend, that is very knowledgeable about various Asian teams. How you doing, Tom? All the way from Czech, Czech Republic. Hi, f- thanks for having me, guys. It's been even a longer while for me, yeah. personally. Beautiful. We're going to talk about, obviously, Group A. Basically, thankfully, Iran was not placed in Group B, which is definitely the harder group. But um, going back, it seems like the same teams that we're going to be playing like we did four years ago in order to qualify for Russia. As we know in our group, there's China, ourselves, South Korea, Qatar, Syria, and Uzbekistan. Starting off with you, Pejman, if you could give us your, basically, a little bit of analysis of what you thought about when we got um, put in this group. Um, and if you think with or without Carlos Kairos, we'll still be um, able to advance. it's a hard group I don't see Iran as a clear favorite not even behind uh, South Korea uh, I think it's a, it's a exciting group with basically uh, every team expects Syria uh, they they aim for the first two spots of course they do but they have a realistic chance to do that and Syria might be that joker that upsets a lot of teams and take important points from them uh, I, as always, uh, hope that Iran will, will do their best and qualify, but uh, I think this is a hard group and I, I can't see us winning any game in comfortably. Uh, maybe at home against Syria, that's the only 100%er, and even that might be kind of shaky. So, you know, what are your analysis of it, and do you agree with Pejman? I think certainly before the the draw was made. I was looking at the um, the teams that have qualified and the possibilities of the group that we could have had. And uh, what I was uh, really keen for Iran to to avoid was the uh, the long trips uh, to to far east. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. China or Thailand. Um, but uh, of course, we we ended up with South Korea and China, which I don't think are uh, are necessarily a uh, a very bad draw for us. Um, but what what does worry me is uh, a little, little bit of complacency in terms of um, I think a lot of the uh, Iranian media are looking at the group as uh, pretty easy, which um, I don't think that's that's true. Uh, I think when you get to this stage of the qualification, there's no easy games, there's no easy groups, and um, I think as we saw in the last qualifiers, I mean in the last World Cup, um, we played against pretty much the same teams and we just about managed to qualify for the World Cup. So um, I think it'll be a, a very similar scenario uh, this time around. Um, I still think South Korea are, a, uh, are the team to beat for the top spot. 
but I think for the second spot, um, I think we'll have to fight Uzbekistan for that. And Uzbekistan have been there a, a few um, for a, you know a few uh, World Cup qualifications. Now they they they're experienced. They're keen to finally qualify for their first World Cup, and I'm really wary of them. I think. Um, they could cause a lot of upsets, uh, certainly against us. We luckily managed to beat them away away from home in our very first game in the, for the uh, 2014 World Cup qualifiers. It was a 1-0 win, and I remember, um, I think it was uh, Khaled Wari who scored the winner in the injury time. Uh, and I look at that as one of the, uh, the key results for us uh, mm-hmm. to reach the World Cup. I think the games against Uzbekistan are really important, so we, we need to get results uh, home and away against them. Um, in terms of uh, Qatar, again, you know, there's a bit of a rivalry, um, of course, so it, it'll add a bit more importance to the games and it'll, um, it'll really spur the uh, the Qataris on one of their play Iran. So, um, but I think, look, it, of course, we've got a very strong team and with Kairos in charge, there's always, you know, we've always got a chance, but uh, I don't think there's any easy games in this group whatsoever. Thomas, that's a specific question for you. Looking at the past four years and now, now coming back to today's time of era, um, could you tell us a brief over- overview of like China, South Korea, and Qatar, and the chain, the massive changes you've seen, and where do you see them competing with the likes of obviously group favorites Iran and South Korea? Well, this is a very interesting group because you have China, who are uh, in, in transition after parents' uh, tenure. So it's it's not. I think it's unsure at the moment if they are looking for a new coach or they are sticking with Gao uh, Hangpo, who was their caretaker and actually took them uh, to the next round uh, despite the odds. Uh, so uh, China is is uh, somewhat. Uh, I mean, they are they are certainly a counter-attacking outfit, and I think that won't change. Uh, they don't. They won't dictate the tempo. Uh, but it's still something of a, a question mark going forward. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's it. This, the same goes for Syria because they also they are also changing the coach now. Um, the unpopular one is going away, so uh, that can spur them on even better. And as for South Korea, I, I personally I can't really uh, see past them. I mean, they are pretty much locked to 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 advance but uh, of course even they have issues uh, they they still don't have uh, the striker spot mm-hmm. uh, resolved uh, i mean lee jung hyup was a uh, was a joker card at the asian cup but he was in and out he's been in and out uh, of the shellikes squads uh, ever since then and huang uh, ijo can squander the biggest of chances so uh, there's no one really can <laughs> You can really uh, rely on, uh, so that needs to be solving. There's still a gap after Chaduri retired at the, at the right back. Uh, they actually play uh, a centre back there at the moment. Um, so, so yeah, I think they they are a team to beat, uh, as as Sina said. Uh, but I also don't think with their defensive resilience. You know they they haven't conceded yet in the qualifiers, which is quite impressive. Even though they didn't play uh, Kuwait for the second time, uh, I, I think uh, even you you guys know that defensive resilience that uh, Kairouj has instilled uh, is is something. 
pretty precious mm -hmm. uh, in Asia, especially. So definitely. So my next question is before we get into specific it's of Iran. Um, I would say for me the dark horse in this group um, is Uzbekistan, um, edging Qatar. And I was just trying to get your thoughts. I'm gonna come off with you, Sina, if you if you agree or not. And if not, um, who would you pick as a dark horse in this group? Well, definitely, as I said, uh, Uzbekistan have been in this position uh, for a few qualifiers now. They, uh, I think, they are overdue a World Cup appearance. Um, it's impressive how they've risen um, in the last uh, two decades. Um, so look, I think, as I said, you know, we've got to be wary of, of, of their qualities and the games that we play against them, home and away, are, are so key to our mm -hmm. um, qualification hopes. Um, I think they're the team to beat for that second spot. Um, I don't think we are clear favourites, but uh, of course, the rest of the teams in the group will be looking at us as a, uh, as a team that they'd have to beat if they want to qualify for the World Cup as well, because as Tom mentioned, uh, South Korea are nailed on uh, for that uh, for that top spot, so it's going to be it's going to be really tough for us. Um, I think I think you know Azadi Stadium has always been a fortress for us. We'll uh, you know we'll we'll try and get maximum points, but those go those games away from home uh, will will really determine uh, whether we can uh, we can qualify uh, for a uh, for the twenty eighteen World Cup or not. Definitely. The way game to Uzbekistan is uh, is the key out of all of them for me. Pejman. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I do agree with uh, Sina with Uzbekistan. And with you, with Uzbekistan being the, being the dark horse, but uh, I think that uh, Qatar will probably, after South Korea, be our toughest mm -hmm. opponents. Uh, they're starting to build a really interesting team, and this is like more or less their last preparation for the 2022 World Cup. Uh, uh, also, the, the Asian uh, Games, uh, the Asian Cup is, is uh, around there also, but. Uh, they have a, a lot of young, interesting players coming up, and uh, I can't really see. Uh, oh, oh, let me say it like this: the away game against Qatar. I think a draw there is something that Kerosh actually would be happy with. Uh, a draw away from Uzbekistan is also something he can be happy with, and I think he he is aiming to get all the points at the at Azadi Stadium and get the winners against uh, Syria. And that's how we will qualify, uh, would be my guess. Hamas, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, th I think dark horses must be, uh, as you guys said, uh, Qatar and Uzbekistan. Uh, for, for Qatar, you never know who, who they're going to naturalize and who they're going to call up, uh, which is frustrating for, for anyone who follows the football uh, over there. Uh, but I think uh, Carreño can spring uh, some surprises, even with his team selection on the day. Uh, so that's what makes them uh, uh, quite, uh, you know, it's it's hard to read them. Uh, of course, they have a very powerful left back in Abdul Karim Hassan. They have a up-and-coming uh, talent, mercurial talent in Akram Afif, 
probably uh, like the closest Qatar will ever come to Omar Abdullah Rahman. And uh, you know that's something. That, those are game changers, along with uh, Hassan uh, Al Haidush. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see uh, whether they can step up at, at this stage. And as for Uzbekistan, uh, well, that's that's a very peculiar case, uh, especially for me because I try to study it uh, very closely. And you know they, they haven't been to World Cup obviously, but they also haven't had a team in a, a Champions League final. Uh, they are pretty much the ultimate bottlers, but uh, at the moment it seems that they have a. I think they they'll be they will be actually disappointing that there are no June qualifiers on schedule mm-hmm. because they could uh, they could seriously, you know, they've picked up some sort of momentum, great momentum. They've won uh, seven games on the trot now. Uh, they actually under the new coach uh, they haven't lost a point and they they had some some very impressive wins there. Uh, so, I think you know, in uh, in the space of those uh, six months, uh, anything can happen. And uh, I think Babayan, uh, the coach, uh, will be disappointed to to not be able to uh, to capitalize on the momentum. Uh, but they are very exciting side. They have uh, they have integrated a couple of guys who went to the under twenties uh, World Cup last summer. So that's uh, like extremely swift, uh, uh, swift integration, uh, and uh, they have Sardar Rashidov at the, the right wing. Uh, that's actually something I wanted you to ask because he's very unpredictable in his movement. He, he cuts inside. He shoots from long distance. Mm-hmm. He's a very good tripler. He can go past uh, an opponent and. Uh, I haven't seen, admittedly, I haven't seen Iran much in these qualifiers, uh, which is shame on me. But uh, you know, from from what I can gather, uh, since the since the World Cup, actually, uh, the left back has been somewhat of a uh, of a mystery because uh, Puladi was a disappointment, at least for me, at the Asian Cup, and since then he he hasn't featured. So I I wanted to ask how how this is solved who actually plays there regularly because I think they'll, they, there's been some rotation and if that can be uh, the spot where Uzbekistan with Rashidov can hit them. No, we'll get into specific. Actually, that was going to be my next question to uh, Sina and Pejman. Um, speaking about our own team, looking at our team that just got us to this round, is there any specific changes you guys would like to see? Kairouj come bringing in more domestic players or any other um, tactical switches you guys like to see? And then for the left-back position, Sina will touch upon it right now. Um, well, firstly, I think to answer Tom's question, Puladi has been on it. He's not even um, set for any run mm-hmm. uh, for a a couple of years now because of his uh, military service issues um, so uh, that's the main reason why he's not been playing uh, he's been in Batarol for about two years now and he wouldn't have played in the Asian Cup if it wasn't for Kairosh and the uh, Iranian FA's uh, intervention to to allow him to, to make an appearance for the uh, for the national team so for the same reason he wouldn't be involved uh, anytime soon uh, again but um, I think in the qualifiers, that left-back spot, as you mentioned, was a vulnerability, especially in the first few games. I mean, the game against Uzbekistan, uh, sorry, Turkmenistan away from home was a shambles, our left-hand side. Um Safi has been playing there uh, regularly now. I'm, I'm expecting him to uh, uh, to be a regular feature of that spot. Uh, as 
as the uh, the the, uh, the final stage of qualification begins. Um, there's been a few other uh, players who who've come into the national team for that left back. Uh, Maysam Majidi or Vesavol is one. Um, Milad Mohammadi, of course, who, uh, who plays in the Russian Premier League, uh, is another one. Um, and Mohamed Ansari is the latest one, the Persepolis left back. Uh, he's the uh, he's the latest one to to be involved in the national team. So I think Hoy Safi will play at left back, but still we could see anyone, uh, uh, you know, uh, making an appearance. And that is definitely the weak point uh, of of our of our defence. I think. When you also have a keeper like Hayri, who's a little bit indecisive with crosses, uh, it makes it even, uh, you know, more of a weakness uh, from wide areas. So, um, as uh, as Tom said, you know, going up against someone like uh, Rashidov, it, it's always going to be difficult. But um, I've been really impressed with uh, Kairush's uh, selections. Um, we've seen a lot of young players getting involved. Uh, some top talents, you know, coming through. Mehdi Toravi is is one that springs to mind straight away. You know, not many people had heard of him um, before he made his uh, international debut. But since he's come in, he's been a you know he's been a uh, he's been involved in pretty much every squad, uh, making substitute appearances here and there. And there's a lot of competition for that right side of uh, of our midfield or the winger spot. You know, of, of course there's Dejaga and uh, Jahan Bash, but now you have Toravi as well. But all three of them can play on the left hand side, so I think that's going to be interesting to see who will start on the right. Um, I think it's almost impossible now to drop Jahan Bach, uh with his performances in the uh, in in Holland um, uh, and uh, a lack of uh, attacking midfielder playmaker. Uh, of course, Shujai isn't. You know, we all know we we said it for so many years that he's he's not as good as he used to be. Um, so I think Dejagat will uh, will start behind the striker uh, and Jambash on the right hand side, and of course Saida Zatoloi is another one you know who's been playing. He's only 19, 20 years old, and uh, he's been uh, playing really well in the games that he's he's featured in. So I think yeah, there's a lot to look forward to in terms of team selection, and uh, in comparison to the last World Cup qualifier, uh, qualifiers uh, in 2014, um, I think we'll see more rotation. And uh, a lot more young players being involved than uh, than we did in the uh, in the last World Cup. Coming off to you, Pejman, is there anything you, you would like to add? And also, if you think that Ezatulai will be a regular now under Kairos? Yeah, I think Sina sums up pretty good, uh, Tom as well. Uh, <clears throat> the, the thing with Ezatulai is that he's been doing quite good for a national team, but he haven't played a, a single minute uh, with a uh, with a professional club in uh, Rostov, Russia. Uh, yeah, but but even before that, he haven't played a a, a competitive game mm-hmm. you know, for a club for for a while. Uh, it's like over uh, one and a half year now. I think mm-hmm. that will be uh, a problem for us if we want to depend on Ezatolai. He's been doing good uh, quite a, a couple of matches, but if uh, we want to have, to to see him progress and be that important for us in the national team, uh, he needs to start playing games because playing World Cup qualifiers is like you play maximum 10 games per year or something like that. And with that, uh, with his capability and with his age now, he needs to, to make some serious uh, thoughts about his future. 
otherwise I agree with everything that Sina said. Mas, is there anything else you would like to add and what do you want what what are your expectations from the Iranian national team? Well, I expect them uh to do good obviously. <laughs> uh I I first of all, I think uh Sina for the explanation. I was I was uh, I was aware of uh, bloody troubles although uh, the details were somewhat hidden to me. So thanks for that. And uh yeah, I think uh as as guy said, I was pretty surprised by Kairu's selection on the paper, at least, uh, uh, and and the amount of, of young uh, players who who got the chance. Uh, Taremi uh, has been very impressive. His his uh, his early early international career uh, goal record is actually better than uh, Ali Ali Deyes. <laughs> so that's uh, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue against the stronger opponents because he got a couple of goals against the uh, the weaker ones which won't feature in this round of qualifiers. I have some questions actually now from Twitter coming from um, Art Eftahari. Um This goes back to our team. He says, there seems to be a lot of hype with Ali Reza Hayiri. Who do you think should be number one keeper for Team Medley? Uh, sorry, uh, Fuji Pejman. Do you think it should be Hayiri or do you think it should be Bayron Van? Or... Somebody else in your head. Um, I think both are good enough to be the choices. Today, I would say Hariri, and I don't want to hear Sina say <laughs> once again that Hariri is the best option from a bad choice. Oh, that was for the World Cup. Now I think he, he rates Bayron Band uh, as number one. Um, listen, if we will lose Hariri as number one in our goal, uh, it, it won't be a disaster because uh, he. Although he is training professionally in Maritimo in Portugal, mm -hmm. it was a strange move because he's not playing any games. And the games he played so far are only because of the other goalkeeper got a red card. So he, and as just as Atalay, if he wants to de develop, he needs to start playing games. Training isn't enough, especially if you want to be a starter in the World Cup qualifiers. But I do rate him highly. Yeah, I think uh, he's proven himself, uh, but he needs to step up, and he sometimes makes some strange mistakes, and that's the same thing with Bayron Man. Uh, I, uh, to be honest, I had higher hopes on him, but uh, every now and then he makes something really, really strange that reminds me of why Iranian goalkeepers are so inconsistent. Inconsistent. So uh, none of them are super good or super bad. Sina? Well, listen, how long have we been doing this podcast? I think we started again. <laughs> and since then, I've been saying the same thing. I've been making the same point that Harry um, is, is not a great goalkeeper. You know, I've said this for so long. And I still stand by my points. He's very decisive. And as Pedmon uh, quoted me, I think in the World Cup, he was just uh, the best of a bad situation to, to play him. And I still believe that. You know, I think Harry um, right now is 27. Um, he doesn't play regularly for Maritimo. Um, I think that was his winning card for having a having the regular spot in the national team for being able to play in Europe regularly, and he's not doing that at the moment. Uh, so I think, considering his his poor performances in the last 12 to 18 months as well, there needs to be serious questions asked uh, about his spot in, in the team. I think. 
Bayron Band and with the emergence of Akhbari as well, I think they need to be more of a chance. They need to be given more of a chance to, to prove themselves. And uh, look, I think if you have a 27-year-old goalkeeper and a 22, 23-year-old keeper, and they're at the same level, I think it's much better to spend that time to invest that time on a younger goalkeeper than a 27-year-old, which I 100% don't think you can get any any better than than he is right now. I've never rated him, and I don't think I ever will. Um, so uh, I think in this, uh, you know. In, in these two years, I would like to see Bayron Band given more of an opportunity to show his, his abilities. And certainly, Akhbari has been a revelation in the, in the, but, but uh, Sina, the last 12 months. Yeah, but Sina, um, you know, it's, it's not for, for charity, you know, uh, just picking the one. If, first of all, I don't agree with you that uh, both uh, are at the same level. I think Hariri is on a, a higher level than <coughs> Bayron Band. But he's famous for his throws. But you know that that's not enough. Uh, but uh, to, if if we had to choose a goalkeeper today, I would still choose our 27-year-old goalkeeper. That's not an age for for a goalkeeper. And he's I think he can develop from now. That you never see like look at Buffon. He's like I don't know. 69 years old or something. He's one of the oldest goalkeepers that still are playing around 40 years, I think. Uh, and he still develops in uh, on the field. But, you know, you become a smarter player. He's, he's maybe getting older and maybe not in the same shape, but he's much smarter in, in, uh, in knowing his position. He's much smarter being a leader. And that's something you, you can always develop. Maybe you can't develop throwing longer, but you can develop, you can develop throwing Look, Harry, right. Harry, um, when the Asian Cup took place, um, I think he was in much better shape in terms of his performances than he is right now. And back then I said, you know, this guy will not get any better. You know, this is the best of him that we, we're going to get. You know, it's not, it's not going to improve. He's suddenly not going to become Obed Zadeh or, or, you know, a, an amazing goalkeeper. And I still say the same thing. You know, 12 months on, he's, he's made mistakes that I knew he was capable of. And, uh, you know, I'm still sticking by my word. I don't think he's a great goalkeeper. What I'm saying is, um, you know, he, he's not the undisputed number one. So others need to be given a chance to prove themselves, to show what they can do. Because um, Bayron, you know, I've watched him in the league, and it's not about the long throws. I think he's a, he's a fantastic shot stopper. He does, you know, goalkeeping is about making decisions. And he has made some odd decisions here and there. But again, when you're a 22-year-old making those decisions, it's completely different to someone who's almost 30. And also your point about Buffon, I completely agree um, that when you grow older, you you rely on your experience. But this guy has never been an amazing goalkeeper for him to lose his ability and then rely on his experience. You know, this is a guy who spent... Um, between the ages of 23 to 25 sitting on the bench for Rubin Kazan and Perspolis when those were the key years of his development and he lost all that time he wasted that those two years and now he's always trying to recover those uh, you know those two years and again you know he's at Maritimo he's not playing regularly and I don't expect him to I expect him to um, to return to Iran uh, within the next two years um, but again my point I'm still standing by my point. I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying he should be removed uh, from the team tomorrow. 
But what I what I am saying is other goalkeepers need to be given a chance to show what they can do because uh, uh, I don't think Hayri is the uh, undisputed number one for uh, for Iran. Can I also step in? No, of course. I was just going to come to you. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Uh, no, I just wanted... Uh, because I think, like, uh, for, for a longer time, I, I thought uh, Sina is being a bit harsh on Hagigi because I was pretty impressed at the World Cup, especially uh, in the air and, uh, you know, how, how calm he was when he went for a, for a high ball, which is, which is something of a... You know, you don't get this too often uh, in Asia. Uh, but, of course... Uh, many many matches ha- have gone uh, since then, and I think the the mentioned uh, shot stopping ability will be uh, very crucial in this group in particular because you you're going to come up against some of the best long distance shooters in in the on the continent. You have Son Hyung Ming who tries his luck very often, as well as Odil Ahmedov for Uzbekistan. I already mentioned Sardar Rashidov who has uh, insane. Uh, uh, insane rate when it comes to getting his shots on target. He he shoots from distance and he actually can hit the target, which, for example, Ahmedov uh, can't uh, on a regular basis. So you need a goalkeeper who's really alert, uh, who can react on time, who has the great timing, you know, in jumping uh, to the corners. And I don't think Hagigid has this. Uh, I've always found him a bit mediocre in, in this respect. He he has a good frame and, and stuff, uh, but uh, maybe this could be the weakness when when you go shooting up against him uh, quite often. He could he could crumble. Also, another thing is as well um, in the World Cup, the way we played was um, you know it was very rigid. But also, if you look at the back four, he had four very experienced defenders in front of him. There was no decision that he had to make. There was, there was no need for any communication with his defence because he was already working on the training ground. All he had to do was come out and catch a cross or, you know, uh, if there was a shot, obviously try to save it. But I think since then, with the changes that we've gone through, with, uh, especially in the back four, we've seen a lot of rotation, uh, whether it's Purel Genji coming through with the problem we've had at left back, or we are back for you coming in at right back. We've had a lot of rotation. I think that's where his weaknesses have been coming out because because then he's not had the um, the consistent back four and the solid and the experienced defenders playing in front of him. And uh, uh, you know, I think that's where his his weaknesses have been have been exposed. And you know, in the Asian Cup, in the game against Iraq, there was I think it was for the first second goal when a cross came from uh, Iran's right hand side, and he could have easily come out and 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 saved it, uh, you know, with a quarter or a punch or whatever, he didn't, and the uh, and the goal was scored then. He made the exact same mistake um, a few months ago against Turkmenistan. So you can see, you know, these, these weaknesses are getting exposed, and this is what I was talking about before the World Cup. You know, I've seen this goalkeeper, I know his, his average, obviously no one believed me then, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm still going to sit by my point and say, look, this guy is, uh, is not as good as everyone thinks he is. Um, I think he's gained up by his defence and the way Iran plays as well in their rigid formation and tactics. Um, so, as I said, you know, within the next 12 to f- uh, 24 months, I think um, other goalkeepers, specifically um, Akhbari and Bayron Land, need to be uh, given a chance to, to show themselves. 
Yeah, so I have a next question I would like to talk. Um, before we get to the striker position, um, for the number 10 role, who do you guys want to see? You guys want to see the Jagat still in that role or anybody else? Starting coming off with you now, Sina. Well, I think as, as things stand at the moment and uh, with the problems that someone like Sushi Rafi and Vakio uh, Batman are having with the merger service, mm-hmm. uh, I can't see anyone other than Ashton Dejaga playing in that role. Um, certainly within the next uh, six or seven months because I can't see anyone in the league at the moment being able to offer what uh, Dejaga has to offer or anything near Masu Shunley, for example. Uh, so I think for the time being, we'll, we'll have to uh, stick with Dejaga. And, um, you know, there's a couple of young players. Well, Mehmet Mohammadi is one of them. He can play behind the striker. He's more of a second striker than than a, than a playmaker. I'm not sure if that really suits uh, the weak hero sets of his teams. But, um, yeah, I don't think we'll, we'll have a better option than uh, Dejaga for that role. Bejman? the best option but yeah maybe even someone like I don't know Torabi although he he I usually see him more up front but uh, one I've seen him playing at number 10 before and he's done quite well so he can be interesting uh, we are de- uh, relying more and more on Dejaga and I think it's good for him yeah, he's been taking that responsibility and even now lately uh, was the captain for national team but uh, uh, Dejaga is also good playing on the uh, on the right side. Well, usually Jahan Bach maybe will be playing now. So we have some options for the right side that will affect how we play uh, for the number 10. Uh, but I do agree that uh, Dejaga is by far the best choice we have today. I think on the right side as well, as, as Pejman mentioned, the last couple of games for the uh, for the qualifiers, we saw uh, Robin Rezo in that right back and Jan Bach at right wing had a great connection between them and most of our attacks were concentrating on our right hand side. So I would like to see that again, that uh, connection between Rezo Yan and uh, Jan Bach. Uh, as I said, I think it's really difficult to see how Jan Bach can be dropped to bench now with his performances. In Holland, but it's Alkmaar. Um, so, so I think Dejaga behind the striker uh, is probably the best option we have. Tomas? Yeah, so to be honest, I would expect Jan Bash to, uh, to already has his spot nailed on, uh, on mm-hmm. nailed at the moment. Uh, but uh, it's encouraging that you guys are saying that uh, he has to start from now on. Although uh, that's uh, that's been that's been said for quite a long time, I think, in his case. Uh, and uh, I don't necessarily think that Kairush rates him, rate him that much. Maybe he sees him even as a luxury guy. Uh, you have those players uh, all around Asia that, you know, coaches are not comfortable uh, to, to put them in the squad against uh, the stronger opponents and uh, at all times as well. Um, and another thing, yeah, Dejaga. I think I'm quite surprised that he that he he was start. He's been starting through the middle because I always saw him as pretty much the best right winger in uh, in business uh, on the continent. I actually argued that way in an article just after the start of the of the Asian Cup that he's somewhat underrated, uh, especially his work rate. You know, he has great flair, uh, great skills, but uh, what people usually or often don't see is how hard he works and 
you know, both ways. Um, so I think it's actually, uh, you know, I'm always surprised when I look at his age that he's quite old because he, you know, came to the international stage uh, very late. And um, so this is actually his last shot, isn't it, for, for, for a big for a big tournament so uh, i'm intrigued to see how he how he approaches it and uh, how much of a big role he, he plays yeah, but we should not also forget that uh, he was with the german on a 21 in 2009 and uh, so he has some international experience and he's also won the uh, bundesliga and wasn't far away from the german national team but Maybe he wasn't good enough, and uh, he also had some really odd or maybe stupid comments uh, about not willing to play in Israel, uh, and that was more or less uh, a death wish for wanting to not play for, for Germany. But uh, I do agree with you, uh, Tom, that uh, uh, when you look at him, he, his, his age, he's, he's, quite, he's not that super young, but... He's doing uh, quite well. He's still got that speed, actually, with the ball and that, that nice control that that we really appreciate to see. But it's, it looks really elegant. I have a personal question for you guys. Looking at how well Tarami has been doing in the league and um, how well Sadar Osmoon is doing for our national team, some impressive stats. forgot it's like 11 goals like in 13 games. I might be mistaking. But... um. Coming back to this, do you guys see a partnership that Kirish might be testing like he was doing against like Guam and stuff like that in the last round? Or do you guys think he's just going to stick with attacking midfielders behind Sardar Osmoon? Because I feel like right now, with the likes of Tarami, he should definitely be the backup option to um, Sardar Osmoon with how impressive he's been for Paris Police and in the Iranian League as a whole. Coming off with you, Pejman. Um, for me, Tarami is one of the best in the Iranian League. That doesn't say much these days. Uh, I like that uh, he has some strength. He knows where the goal is. But for me, when I see him, I find him kind of unprofessional. Uh, and we could see that also in the game against Esterlal, the derby, when he was insisting of taking a penalty, which he wasn't supposed to shoot because no matter what, he wanted to score a hat-trick. That kind of behavior is nothing that uh, Kairosh accepts. Uh, he always puts the team ahead of, of individual players. And we've seen that with uh, our maybe best goalkeeper, Mehdi Rahmati, not being in the squad anymore. Uh, I hope that uh, Taurami will go to Europe. I hope he will get some playing time uh, in, a, in a professional club where he will get professionalized as as a mental player, not just a good goal scorer. That's not enough. And uh, if I have to choose, I would choose Karim Ansarifal above Tarami today, uh, because uh, he has that international experience and a lot more professional attitude. And that's what you need if you want to be in the long run. Scoring against Estel Al-Ahvaz and Fulad Khuzestan isn't enough for being in the first squad, uh, or being in the starting eleven. Sina? Um, I kind of disagree with what Tejman said in terms of the profesh, uh, professionality of, of Mehdi Tarami. I think in Iranian football there's a lot of controversy surrounding a lot of things. A 
autonomy is one that's always stayed quiet. He's, he's always gone on with his football. Uh, you, you, you rarely hear any negative uh, about his attitude. And I think about the penalty, penalty thing that he said. I think he shows bravery. You know, this is a guy that scored two goals before the penalty, and he's eager to to score a hat trick. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily a um, a negative point. And we've seen Ptolemy being involved in the national team as a, as a right winger sometimes. I think earlier on in qualification, we saw him against Kyrgyzstan as a right winger, and, uh, and he's been quite effective. Of course, he's, uh, I think he's got around five goals, uh, if I'm correct, um, in about nine appearances. So that's a good record. But it's, but it's interesting how you know we are in uh, April 2016, and we have so much option for that striking spot. But if you go back to four or five years ago, um, one of the main reasons why Bhutan came and played for the national team in the first place was because we didn't really have any strikers. We, we had no one. That's why we had to uh, uh, bring Bhutan Nijad over from, uh, I think at the time it was Belgium or Holland, uh, uh, and he, he did really well. But uh, here we are, you know, we've got a lot of options for that uh, you know, striker, striker position. Of course, Osman is, is definitely a starter, I think. I don't think that's any, there's any question about that. But then you have Antony Fais, who's been doing really well for his club in, in Greece this season. Um, Make the autonomy, of course, Uchan Najad, who's been somewhat quiet for Charlton Athletic, and they're having a really horrible season in the uh, in the Championship. But then you've also got the likes of Kovar uh, uh who's now playing the Asian Champions League as well. He's really effective. Um, I think he has more to his game than just uh, a goal scorer. I think he's, he's definitely an option uh, going forward, uh, at least off the bench. Um, and then you've got uh, Mehdi Sharifi, uh, who's been involved in the squads a few times. He's uh, 23, I think, now. Um, so I think he's another one as well to look out for. So we've got uh, a lot of options for that striking position, uh, which is great. You know, uh, competition uh, is always good. It'll, uh, it'll automatically improve players. And I think it's because of that competition why we saw the likes of Anthony Fad going to Europe uh, to prove himself. And that's why he's doing so well in Greece. So I'm hoping, as, as Pejman said, to see the same with Ptolemy. Uh, hopefully he'll, he'll move to Europe and, and uh, showcase his, uh, his skills on the... Uh, in a, in a European league. Tomas, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think I don't have much to add on this matter, but uh, I'm, I'm just glad that Gucci is not in a starting option anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of dislike the guy. I know he has a pretty good goal-scoring record for, for Iran, especially. Uh, or it was just those one club qualifiers, actually. Uh, where he got a hot streak uh, in the crucial phase, but you know he's he's very rigid, inflexible. I don't think that's someone who who Iran should count on uh, going forward. And Asmun is is a completely different option, which is nice to see. And as for the penalty incident, <laughs> I think uh, you know that's not really unprofessionality. You have these cases all around Europe, even in the best leagues. Well, just player. I think I would call it determination, hunger. Uh, you know, and actually, I would like to see this on my striker, especially uh, since he's he's supposed to do uh, justice uh, up front alone. Uh, since you know he's in the formation of, of uh, where just one striker functions, 
I think that's an that's an important attribute for, for him to have the, the determination drive. Appreciate the thoughts. Now, this I just want your final predictions. No biased. Tomas, my friend, who do you, who do you, who would you say is going to be first place and second place going to the next round, trying to make it to Russia? Uh, I think it's going to be South Korea and Iran uh, in this order. Uh, but I think Uzbekistan will be right below Iran. Sina? With or without yeah, Kairos? Yeah, I agree with Tom. I think the Kairos thing is a completely different uh, topic. I'm not going to go into otherwise we're going to be staying here for another half an hour minimum. Um, but uh, I think as, as things stand right now, um, we have a very good chance of qualifying. But as I said, those two games against Uzbekistan are the key games for us, I think, if we, uh, if we want to qualify. Um, Uzbekistan will probably look at this qualifiers and think this is the year that we should really push for a World Cup spot if we want to get there. And I think uh, they will really target the games uh, at home in Iran specific uh, at home against Iran specifically in their quest to uh, to qualify for Russia. So I think we've got to be uh, we've got to be pre- prepared for a, a really really tough challenge uh, from them. Pejman? Um, I think that's I will qualify, and the second team will qualify will be uh, Iran or South Korea. Um, I don't know which one. I will almost say South Korea and Iran would, as always, uh, take it, take the last shot, and we will qualify via the playoffs and playing against Concacaf. And I would love it if it would be against the USA. Imagine that. That's not impossible. We'll see. <laughs> if they can make it, they're in trouble right now. But I appreciate it, guys. Um, always a pleasure speaking to you guys, and um, we're going to do it again. And Tomas, my friend, always a pleasure having you on, and appreciate you hopping on. Pleasure on my side, thanks. Cheers, guys.